brought to you by the students of Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. I'm your host, Carrie Buckendale. We begin this morning with an historic moment for Mary Persons High School. For the first time ever, the school has two star students, Meredith Leverett and Marley Kaufman. These two students tied for the highest SAT score, and they're both in the top 10 of their class. Let's check in with both of them, beginning with Meredith Leverett. Hey everyone, I'm back with Meredith Leverett, one of the star students of Mary Persons High School. So let's get into our questions. First up, did you ever expect to achieve star student in your time in high school? No, I did not. I was actually really surprised to hear. Were you, so yeah, you were surprised. Uh, so what exactly was your SAT score? It was a 1400. Oh, wow. So you and Marley tied for the 1400? Yes, we did. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So why did you pick the teacher you did? Um, Miss Pope was my gifted teacher um, throughout elementary school from kindergarten to fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And she was just such an inspiring mentor at such a foundational point in my life. I really learned a lot of character traits from her. And she was just a, a great teacher. Hmm. That's awesome. So how did you study for the SAT? Like what methods did you use? So funny story. Um, I took the SAT at first uh, just to see where I was and I didn't really mm-hmm. study much. Um, and that was actually the test I scored the 1400 on. Oh wow. And then I took it again and I kind of studied for this one. Um, so where I needed to improve and worked on those things. <laughs> um, but that's, test did not end up as high oh wow I wish I could say the same for that (laughs) (laughs) I definitely could not be lucky enough for that (laughs) but that's awesome (laughs) um so what's your motivation for success um that's a really good question I've always just wanted to do well in school um And my parents have always encouraged me to study as well and do well. So I think just having supportive and encouraging parents built that early on in my life. And I've just continued it throughout middle school and high school. For sure. For sure. So do you have any advice for students who want to achieve the same accomplishments that you have so far? Um, study. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the biggest thing. And don't forget to rest as well, because if your brain is worn out, that studying may not work all the time. Oh, yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are your plans after high school? Um, right now, I plan to attend Barry College, um, pursue a dual degree engineering major, and ride on the equestrian team at Barry. Oh, that's awesome. So just like your elder sister? Yes. That's just awesome. Just like Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. I love that. Oh, well, that's all the questions I have for you today. Okay. Thank you awesome. so much for coming on. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you. 
Hi, my name is Mariah Germany, and today I'm with Marley Kaufman with the stream team talking about our star student status. Let's get started. Hi. Marley, did you ever expect to achieve your star student status? Um, honestly, no. When I took the SAT for the first time, I didn't actually think my score was high enough, but I guess, I guess it was. Why did you pick the teacher that you did? Um, so I picked Dr. Sarah Williams, and I picked her because I've pretty much had her three years in a row and she's definitely one of my favorite teachers she's really good at her job and she always makes class super fun even if math you know sometimes isn't the best she's always been such a great teacher and her class is just really fun that seems very nice how did you study for the SAT what methods did you actually end up using um I didn't study for the SAT either time I took it twice and both times I just kind of I was like, I'm just going to wing it, and it worked out, so. Would you recommend other students to take it, like, to study for it? Yes. So, some people are test takers. Like, I'm, I'm a test taker. I don't really have to study for tests, but if you're someone who isn't really good at taking tests or you, you're not very good at, like, English and math, you need to study for it just so you can make a high enough grade to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish. Okay. What's your motivation for success? So my motivation for success is that I want to live the best life I possibly can. I want to strive for excellence in everything I do. And especially with the AT SAT in general, um, you just, you want to do things that are going to set you apart from everyone else and get people who, you know, who handle scholarships. You want them to look at you and be like, this is a great candidate for my scholarship. Outside of the SAT, is there any kind of advice that you give students that want to get the same position that you're at? Like maybe like with like grades in general, maybe clubs. Is anything that get them at the top? Um, definitely just try your best. It, even if, if you're not top of your class or you're not number one, you're not number two, it's whatever. I mean, you're just just do what you can do. Don't push yourself too hard. I mean, it's just high school. It's not going to matter in the future. Just do what you think you can do considering high school what are your plans after high school so currently my plan is to attend the university of georgia to obtain a major in animal science and then after that i will be applying for the vet school at uga and becoming a large animal vet you seem to have your well set up for you marley thank you so much for coming here today thank you for having me and that's all we have for today I'm Mariah Germany signing off. Great job, ladies. Congratulations. We also had the chance to speak with Marley's star teacher, Dr. Sarah Williams. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this week's radio show where I have the star student teacher or star teacher nomination, Dr. Sarah Williams. So we'll get into the questions. How long have you been teaching? This is my 16th year teaching and my 14th year at Mary Persons. Really? Wow. I had no idea. That's <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I'm going to take it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. Um, so what made you want to become a teacher? Well, so I, I like to say that I started out thinking I was going to be a medical doctor and then somebody had played a very cruel joke on me as now I'm a doctor, but not the doctor I had intended. Um, <laughs> so I started school as biology pre-med when I went to college and realized very quickly that that was not for me. Um, so I started thinking about things that I actually enjoyed. 
um, doing and enjoyed um, uh, being a part of, and it kind of just led me down the path, and here I am. Awesome. Yeah. It kind of goes with the saying, like, when you're in high school and want to go to, off to college, you don't really, you know, want to know what you do. You have, you think you have an idea, but it could right. change, you know, later. Oh, in absolutely. Life. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Um, so how do you motivate your students to succeed? Um, well, I think part of it comes from just reminding them that they can do, if they want to do it, they can do it, um, that they have to, that they had to put in the work um, and reminding them that as long as they are willing to put forth effort, then, then they can be successful. Um, and some folks take a little bit more effort than others. Um, some students have to put forth a little bit more effort and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, that, um, that, you know, not every subject is for every person and that's okay because everybody is different. Um, so it's just, and so, comes down to you know believing in your students and um, pushing them to be successful and reminding them um, that we're all um, in this together they're not an island um, that there's somebody that's with them and walking beside them trying to help them keep from drowning um, every day um, they just have to be willing to put forth the effort and we can take care of what we need to take care of I like that that's awesome so how do you find ways to connect with your students? Well, it's, you have to pay attention to the things that they like um, and the things that they dislike. Um, and, you know, keep in mind with what's going on, you know, pop culture wise in, you know, in a little bit of, of, of having that kind of knowledge is, is goes a long way. Um, I don't claim to be a genius in knowing any kind of, current pop culture trivia, but um, just knowing a little bit, paying attention to the things that they say, paying attention to the things that they do um, so that you can communicate with them about the things that they are involved in and the things that they enjoy um, is, is to me the best way to do it. It's just to be able to talk to them. I mean, we talk to students and I mean, y'all are people. Um, you're not, you're not some scary whatever that comes into my classroom every day you're a person um, and so um i can just treat you and talk to you like a person i think we're going to be all right great so was there anything that really stood out to you about your star student marley kaufman um so this is my third class that i've had um i've had marley in i've third third year in a row that i've taught marley i taught marley um in honors geometry when she was a sophomore um in honors algebra two as a junior last year, and then now in AP calculus um, as a senior. Um, and um, she has a work ethic um, that is um, that is top notch. Um, she works hard. She understands that if she wants something, she's got to put forth effort and work for it. Um, she is not scared to laugh at herself if 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 she does something silly. Um, she doesn't take everything completely seriously. Um, she's, she puts in just the right amount of stress on her, just the right amount of stress on herself um, so that she can find humor in things while also not letting it, um, not, she not being so serious that 
she completely stresses herself out, but being serious enough that she can get the job done and get the job done well. Of course. So has a good balance. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. So what were some challenges that you faced as a teacher? Um, have we not been the past two years have been an interesting, um, Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we've so I could say when I started teaching, never in a million years would I have thought we were be going through what we've been going going through for the past two years. Um, so it's oh, yeah. I think I the think biggest challenge. Yeah, I don't think anybody did. I think the biggest challenge um, has been, I think, last year when we started back to school, everybody felt every teacher felt like a first year teacher again, um, oh. trying to find find out what how we had to do things just a little bit differently to make sure that we were reaching um, students. And so that has been, that was and continues to be um, a challenge as we are um, hopefully on the back end of all of this. But um, that has definitely been, the I think, the biggest challenge in the past 16 years is um, trying to adapt and overcome, but still try to teach um, students the upper level math that I have them for with algebra two. Oh, for sure. Especially calculus, in even, even when, yeah, even when they're, you know, may not be in my classroom face to face. So this, I was hoping this would be my first semester teaching AP calculus in somewhat of a normal year. Um, Cause you know, 2020, we all know what happened in spring of 2020. Oh yeah. Um, last year, remember we were um, on the hybrid A day, B day, Oh, schedule. Yes. So that's how I started the spring semester with AP calculus. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully this year might be a little bit smoother sailing. So we'll see how that goes, how that works <laughs> out. So over quarantine, what were some like creative ways you had to creative styles of learning that you had to in order to get people still like connected? connected. Well, I um well for while we were all at home, um I made one of the best purchases I think I have ever made, and it was a document camera. Um, and so I would sit there and work out with um, with students' problems over the document camera versus, you know, on my board, they would be watching me work them um, and going through examples and things on my screen. Um, so it was just trying to, it, it was trying to adapt my home environment to be kind of what I needed it to be, to be a classroom style. Um, of an environment, um, just letting them know that we're still having school and we've still got things that we need to learn because they're they're moving on um, in 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 their educational career. So they need the skills that we're learning in the classes to move on. Um, I had a lot of um, open app, like open office hour kind of time with geometry and algebra two, um, where I would just be online on a Zoom for an hour and a half and say, if you need help with what I've assigned you pop in and we'll work stuff together and you can share your screen with me. Um, so um, it was recognizing that I can't have school, everybody at the same time, but that we could still do things, um, try to keep some kind of schedule and some kind of normal um, in, in the crazy that was complete quarantine. <laughs> that's one way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Well, that's all the questions I have for you today. Thank you for your time. Oh, sure thing. Have a great afternoon. Yes, you too. Thank Thanks, you. Gwyneth. All right. Bye. Bye. 
Our look at CTAE Month continues this week with MP's business and broadcast teacher, Mrs. Susan Little, who is also Mary Persons Teacher of the Year. Hey guys, my name is Kaylin Foster. I'm a senior here at Mary Persons and I'm here with Miss Susan Little. And what do you do here at MP? All right, so one of my jobs, I teach business, but I also teach the broadcast pathway. And what inspired you to teach broadcasting? I kind of fell into teaching broadcasting. It wasn't really my choice. Uh, I'm trained as a business teacher, but they needed somebody to do broadcast because we, um, the teacher who was doing it needed to teach something else and they needed someone to pick up and do the news and the streaming and all that sort of stuff. Okay. How many years have you taught it so far? Oh, um, this is my fifth year teaching broadcasts. And what has been some of the biggest challenges you've faced so far? One of the hardest things to me about doing it is figuring out how to make time for everything and let people do what they like to do. There are so many roles in broadcast, whether it's in front of the camera, behind the camera, editing, writing, and our standards say that everybody has to learn how to do all of it, but obviously people have like a natural affinity for one of those. Like they really want to be on camera or they really never want to be on camera. So trying to balance all that with students and picking the right people to do the right things is probably one of the most challenging. What is something you would change about the broadcast class? Oh, what would I change? I think um, it's difficult the way we have it and the way the schedule is set up. There's some good things and bad things about this, but all of the levels are in there at the same time. So I've got people who have never taken a single class, have no idea what they're doing, and then I have people who are fourth years, and it's, again, with the balance, but it's hard to figure out how to get everybody doing their own thing and me be able to keep up with all that. So I think it would be nice if I could have, like, a class that was just beginning broadcast and then maybe a class that focused mainly on doing the actual show because that's such a big part of what we do we can focus on it right. what has been one of your favorite memories so far in broadcast oh my goodness <laughs> there are so many like really good memories because one of the things i like most about teaching it is seeing the creativity from all the students and i get to meet kids that i would not have normally met like in a business class or something and so it's fun to see different personalities and i love to see everybody like come together and figure things out and just seeing everybody like appreciate each other and work together to come up with like a tr like now we're doing 20 minute shows and to see everybody like come up with well hold on let's add this or take this out and just seeing the camaraderie from everybody i don't know if i have a specific memory oh that's kind of hard i mean we've done things like film segments when the lights were out so that was kind of fun and like trying to figure that out we've been on the roof at football games and the lights have gone out um one of my favorite football game filming memories was when we beat jackson this year and um, that was really exciting and fun and all of us were jumping up and down and a little bit scared we were going to fall through the roof <laughs> because it's a little soft in spots it's so hard to have so many after five years like there's been so much that's gone on <laughs> that i can't really pick just one thing right what student organization is supported by this class and how do students develop the skills through it? So the student organization that um, that I am most involved with is FBLA because I have that pass as a business teacher. 
So there are lots of competitions within FBLA that fit our standards and skills that we're learning in broadcast. So we probably do FBLA the most. Um, there's broadcast journalism, there's uh, digital video production, PSA, which are all skills that we learn and standards that we meet. So that's probably the most. And even the public speaking aspects where we try to like practice being able to get your message across and things like that. So FBLA and I think just the presentation skills, the working with others, the meeting new people, networking, making connections um, is all stuff that people can take away. Thank you, Ms. Little, for telling us a little bit about the broadcast pathway. No problem. From learning disabilities to behavioral disorders, some students need a little extra support in the classroom. For parents, it can be difficult to make sure you have the right plan for your child to help him or her achieve academic success. That's where parent mentor Jennifer Brown comes in. All right, well, Ms. Brown, thank you so much for meeting with us today. Can you start by introducing yourself to the audience? Hi, my name is Jennifer Paul Brown. I am the parent mentor for Monroe County Schools, and this is my fourth year in that role. So what is the parent mentor partnership? The parent mentor partnership is a parent-driven initiative supported by the Georgia Department of Education and each county, so in our case, Monroe County Schools. Uh, the magic of this partnership is that all parent mentors across the state are parents of children with different disabilities, and the Parent Mentor Partnership is in its 20th year this year. Now, why is a partnership like this important for our parents? Well, um, it is important because what we do is we provide confidential support for other parents with students with disabilities. We also offer tra diverse trainings and workshops. We assist with resources as well as help build bridges between parents, the educators, and administrations. Okay, well you mentioned trainings, so do you have any trainings or workshops happening in the near future? Yes, and I'm so excited you asked this because I have quite a few things on the books. Um, February 14th, so next Monday, Valentine's Day, I will be collaborating with Parent to Parent of Georgia, which is another state initiative, um, on a free webinar called Peace, Love, Harmony, and the IEP. So this webinar is focusing how to effectively use communication skills to develop a partnership with your student's IEP or individualized education program and the team that works very hard to put that together. So it will help uh, parents prepare for those meetings. And again, that training will be on February 14th, next Monday from 10 to 11 a.m. That sounds great. Now what else is on the docket? <clears throat> Okay, so next month on uh, March the 8th, I will be hosting another webinar. This is a collaborative effort with my fellow Middle Georgia Regional Parent Mentors, and we will focus on Georgia waivers. And Lee Walker from the De Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities, uh, she will be discussing the different waivers and supports available to individuals with developmental disabilities. These waivers are a valuable resource to integrate individuals into the community as well, well as bridging the financial gap that can occur, particularly um, for those individuals entering adulthood. All right, so you have several trainings coming up. Now, what other resources do you offer parents? Okay, well, um, I am a part of the 
Monroe County Schools Department of Instructional Student Supports. And we as a team have been working diligently to provide learning opportunities and resources for parents, particularly during the pandemic. So we have several informational videos covering subjects. Um, like uh, right now on our website, you can find an overview of fine motor skills. And this was done by Monroe County Schools Occupational Therapist. And it is actually coming from their perspective. So it is a really powerful tool. And it takes a look inside fine motor development and how occupational therapists support students. Another one is called, How is your student supported through the MTSS model? So this is a recorded webinar that we have done. It gives an overview of the multi-level system approach that Monroe County Schools uses to um, maximize student achievement and reduce behavioral issues. And there are quite a few other videos that demonstrate tips on engaging with your child while reading, um, resources for at-home teaching and therapy, as well as recognizing the developmental stages of your child, birth to three years old. And these videos and a bunch of other resources can be accessed through our Department of Instructional Student Supports page. And that is on the Monroe County Schools District website. And it's also um, being shared on uh, various social media platforms that I handle. Um, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is all under Mentor Monroe or a Monroe County Parent Mentor. Now you have another project that you're really excited about that's coming up. Can you tell <clears throat> us about it? Yes, that is very exciting. Um, Monroe County Schools has launched the, a new 504 module and that is going to be coming out on March 1st. Uh, the forms are brand new, they're improved, and they will um, contain multiple da data sources. And we're thrilled because it provides a way for parents to participate as well as give feedback in 504 meetings. So what we are asking um, is parents to watch a short tutorial video that will be giving, giving more information um, regarding parent involvement and um, how to move forward with the process. And that is going to be found. All that information is um, on social media outlets and in the individual school newsletters. You know, some people may not realize quite how intensive all of these various processes are, but we are so thrilled to have you and what you're doing for our parents because it really is a huge resource. It's an exciting time for elementary school parents. For the first time in two years, our students will be able to put on their spring musicals. First on stage, T.G. Scott Elementary presenting Space Pirates, a new children's musical. Hi, I'm Allie, and today I'm interviewing Ms. Witten about the play Space Pirates. What is the play Space Pirates about? Space Pirates the musical is about some kids, aliens, and space pirates who learn it's okay to be yourself. What do you consider when casting kids for the plays? When we're casting the show, we have a team of adults that um, sit in on the auditions and we're looking for students who have singing ability and um, are able to 
uh, match pitches. And also we look for how they read the script. Um, and does their personality come across? Are they able to speak up and speak with projection? What made you choose this specific play over another one? I chose the musical Space Pirates for TGS to do because it has a space theme and our TGS art show this year also has the theme of space. So we wanted, Mrs. Hunter, the art teacher and I wanted those two things um, to correlate and have the same theme. What about this play makes this visually appealing to the audience? To make our play visually appealing, we're using props and set pieces that were created by our own props and set crew from T.G. Scott, so third, fourth, and fifth graders, just like in our cast. And we're going to be using some black lights and some fluorescing paint to decorate some of the set pieces so that they will show up really nicely and represent the space theme for the show. How do you think the kids who are performing like this play? I think the students are really enjoying putting on a school musical this year. We've gone um, a full year last year with no musical. And so these students haven't participated in a musical before. And um, they're showing their enthusiasm for it by how quickly they've learned their lines, the songs, their blocking, and choreography. When and where is the play and what time does it start? Space Pirates the Musical will be open to the public Thursday and Friday, February 17th and 18th at 7 p.m. at the Monroe County Schools Fine Arts Center. Is it free to come watch the play? Admission is completely free to come see Space Pirates on the 17th or 18th at 7 p.m., but donations would be welcomed. Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.